Welcome everyone to the Retail Corner Podcast from Proxima 360. The purpose of our podcast is to bring a relaxed and educational environment to discuss the current retail landscape, best of breed products, and retail business best practices. You will always find us talking with business users, technical resources, and retail experts on how they are and where they are headed. Solomon Zakhanov here on the Retail Corner Podcast, and uh, we're going to be talking a little bit about uh, logistics and just the uh, the world of moving stuff around, and I want to welcome Solomon, good to see you. Uh, how's your day been so far? Yeah, yeah, great, great to be here, so thanks for inviting me. So, so everybody that kind of knows who you are, we've talked a little bit, but can you kind of walk me through, uh, who, who is Solomon, why are we talking to you today a little bit? Yeah, absolutely, so I'm the uh, CEO and founder of a company called ShipX, um, we are a, a parcel delivery company, uh, so tech-enabled, using technology to better deliver parcels, uh, e-commerce parcels more specifically, for retailers, 3PLs, and anybody who ships uh, goods to consumers. Okay, cool. So, so is, is, that, is that like a last mile thing, or is it is it the middle of the? Uh... Yeah, so we we, um, so we are a last mile delivery company. We specialize on the we we that's where we that's where we started and specialize. And then, as an extension of that service offering, we do offer um, middle mile transportation services as well for companies looking to again you know, further enable their parcel delivery solutions they currently have in house. Okay, that's kind of cool. So you you work with a whole bunch of different companies. It's not just. It's not just you guys out there, you know, yeah. Yeah, it's a, it's a pretty pretty diverse bunch. Uh, you know, for the most part, um, our main segment target audience is like those middle, I would say mid tier uh, in size retailers. So companies that you would probably see in a in a mall, you know, those those kind of mall retailers yeah. versus the big box uh, retailers. And then we also kind of go a little bit further down market as well, working with kind of SMBs and like digitally native brands that are doing some really cool things. Um, uh, so it kind of runs the gamut, but that's the typical kind of customer base. That makes sense. That makes sense. So, so like, uh, what brought you to that? Like, like what, what made you fall in love with logistics if you're in love with logistics? Yeah, yeah, no. Um, you know, I've been, I've been in this space for about 10 years now. Um, I kind of started out in e-commerce, so, um, uh, it kind of was a natural course and direction because e-commerce is, is very logistics heavy. You need to know how to, you know, just as well as you need to know how to sell a product, you got to make sure it actually gets to the end consumer. Yeah. So, um, you know, we kind of, you know, kind of my work there took me to product fulfillment on the warehousing side and, and uh, working with a ton of different e-commerce brands where I ultimately went and also worked at a company that did last mile delivery. And I kind of learned about this entire ecosystem that's out there for last mile delivery and uh, kind of fell in love with that to want to want to kind of pursue this. That's which, cool. Uh, you know, kind of, again, helping companies execute the last mile. That's cool. So, so we're, we're talking about you working with a whole bunch of different companies, whole bunch of different, uh, different retailers, or just people who, well, merchants kind of thing. And so, yeah. Uh, so, how do you, how do you? What's the secret sauce of, of of bringing a partner in? Yeah. So for us, um, you know, and, and just in general, I think for for most companies, um, it's it's. I think one of the challenges we had starting out was identifying what that target audience was. When we kind of first started out, we thought we'd be a really, really good product for like the really, really big box companies, you know, Amazon who needed additional last mile support or like a Walmart. And then we realized like, 
you know, those companies are, 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 you know, they basically have their own networks. Uh, they have so much assets. Ooh, sure. Um, so I think, I think just generally, like when, when we just, just generally speaking across anything, when you want to like just launch a product or a company or a service, it's really important to kind of understand, in my opinion, what like a first, second or third best customer base might be. Because a lot of times the first, what you think your first best customer base is going to be is not what it is. Yeah. And it even looks like it's the fourth, fifth, as you kind of reiterate the product. And even we went through, you know, many different kinds of iterations of our product so we, to where we are today, which I'm sure it'll continue to iterate as we scale. So yeah. I think that's a big, big key feature is that a lot of people like, oh, let me sell to this guy. And like, this guy doesn't, might not really need the product. So but you can't be, you can't be everybody. You can't be everything. Yeah. Right, right. So let's, you know, so, so if, if you can't sell to this guy, like you, you, it's better to have a backup plan of who that second guy is <laughs> or you're like, you know, kind of running out of cash and you're like, holy, you know, we don't have sure. it. We don't have a, uh, we don't have another, you know, anybody else to sell to. So that makes sense. Yeah. So, but you're, you're focusing on brick and mortar and then now you're doing a little more e-commerce stuff, a little more. Just generally our product is a really good fit for any kind of, uh, it, brick and brick and mortar is kind of just a good idea just to, you know, as far as who we like to target. They're, they're uh, anybody yeah. who really sells online. So it's really anybody who sells online, in whatever capacity, or even better, I think, would be to say anybody who ships a lot of products. So it could be a warehouse. We work with a lot of 3PLs. We do work with a lot of cool brands, again, digitally little brands, brands that are, you know, uh, you know, even even software-style products that are out there and um, uh, things of that nature. So, so you, were, you were talking about working with different brands and everything else. Like, what's the what's the tech breakthrough that, like, you guys are, are using for that? Like, what's... Yeah, I th- so no, I all that. Our yeah. product for, for our product specifically, for our product specifically, what we really bring, what we really brought to the market was a way to uh, enable big, sh- bigger shippers to work with smaller delivery companies using technology that brought and that kind of closed that gap. So up until now, it was really, unless you're a massive retailer with incredible, you know, talking about millions and millions of packages a year of volume. You don't really have the bandwidth or the sortation capability or the even the technology to go and try to procure all of these you know smaller carriers. And what our system does, and what we what we're really good at is essentially procuring not only those those delivery companies do a great job in their local markets. We cover 44 states, but also bridging the gap technology wise, so that for example, there is a tracking number, right? Because yeah. from an experience standpoint, you you want to mimic UPS and FedEx as much as possible because that's what the market is used to. Sure. We didn't want to bring something to market that was so new that a retailer would have to kind of educate their consumer. So our product is very similar to UPS and FedEx. It's just that we're enabling the smaller delivery companies to work with the bigger shippers and creating that kind of connection through, you know, a mix of assets. So we do have some physical infrastructure, but mainly through technology to be able to enable that and and and, and do it profitably, right? Because one of the things about being in a logistics company in general is that you, you know, it's, 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 it's very important to maintain your margins because at the end of the day, you are, you are in a physical space, right? This right. products, physical movement of goods. So it's not like, you know, you're, you're paying just purely for software. Like you have to make sure the people that are doing these livers are getting paid and so on and so forth. So you're, I, I hate to see when a, when there's a delivery and it says dropped off at local shipper or whatever, and then it sits there for three or four days. It's like, yeah, it's, it's in the abyss. You know, and so you're you're kind of filling that gap. That's cool. And so, so with all the different little 
little shippers and rural shippers and everything else. Cause I mean, everybody's ordering online now and everything. Um, how are you staying more current? How, how do you, how do you stay ahead of that? Cause I mean, Amazon and uh, Amazon and Walmart and everything else like that, they're, they're closing those gaps and they're, they're fixing those things every single day. How are you yeah, staying above that curve? That's a great question. I think just in general, I think, you know, as a company like ours who started out, who's like, we're, we're basically competing for the same product that UPS and FedEx is really, that really has, you know, yeah. in other words, this is volume that, that is being delivered today through someone. This isn't like a, you know, a, a software that we've invented. That's like Uber. And there was only tabs yeah. until then, you know? So, um, for, for us, just trying to break through, we, we need to have a, a, a better narrative and, and, and a, and a, you know, operational solution that, UPS and FedEx, for example, might not be able to offer. Um, and, and, and in general, the companies you work with are big on diversification of their suppliers and who they work with, their vendors, as any company should be, right? Just business continuity in general. You want to have multiple... multiple uh, uh, yeah, there's an old saying about... Multiple ways of achieving the same objective, right? Yeah. So if, you're, you know, if you're producing a T-shirt... And, you know, unfortunately, you know, your, your, your factory goes on fire. If you never really figure out a way to maybe source it somewhere else, you really, really put your business in jeopardy. So, you know, just as a basic, basic, you know, it's kind of stalwart. You know, I think most companies should ask themselves, is my product good enough to be a good alternative? Yeah. That's kind of what we, what we set out to do at first. We're like, let's make a really, really good alternative. In okay. That UPS, you know, something happens with UPS, which we've seen this year, they had a strike and that might've, although it didn't materialize, that fear factor was real and, 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 sure. it was, and it was, and it was justified right from these, from these shippers. So for us, it was okay, great. You know, we, we create a great alternate product. You know, now we have a, a, a great delivery solution. You know, now what is the value added solution? What is the value that we really bring to the table beyond it? Right. So for us, it's, it was, it was like, uh, you know, uh, there was the, the marketing element of it, right. Which was, was, was making sure that it was a, a, a unified seamless customer experience. Sure. Um, and we, you know, even though like we, we are using, um, you know, multiple different methods of delivery, it's at the end of the day, it's always a ship X label. It's always a ship X tracking number. And the customers can appreciate that because they're not, uh, you know, they're not sending their customers to, to 20, 30, 50, 100 different carriers, right? They're just working with one entity. Well, I mean, yeah, every, every company is going to have a plan A, B, C, D. We're all, we're all in plan Right. right now, for us, it's also like from a, that's from a customer services standpoint or from a customer facing standpoint. And then if you look at it from a standpoint of like, um, uh, you know, from a, from a, from a sales standpoint or from a shipper standpoint, we also wanted to make the, make the, the idea of working with a carrier like ourselves easier. So how do we do that? Right. Simpler pricing, um, you know, easy to understand, uh, uh, you know, rating and things like that. So, that also kind of helped us really move along the narrative of like use UPS and FedEx or use whoever you're using now, like give us a chance because we do it really, really well. We also do it really yeah. well. And in multiple, you know, you could save money. You could, you, you could, you could, you could better translate those savings to, to your customer base as well. Right. Because ultimately, you know, most shipping these days is free, right. We have to look into that as well. Sure. Most cost companies do still want to do free shipping. So if we make it, we can make it easier for someone to charge free shipping then we think there's a win there as well. Um, and then uh, lastly, you know, we're the first carbon neutral parcel delivery company. So we're also kind of cutting edge in that way. In that sense, is like we're moving the narrative around EV delivery. How are you How are you achieving that? That's, I mean, that's... Yeah, that's so we, we do it multiple ways. Um, we, we, we have like a three-pronged approach to it. 
the first step is through um uh, you know ev again ev delivery so we're using vehicles that are using alternative either alternative fuel either hybrids or evs obviously evs being the, the cream of the crop and for those because entirely for the most part carbon neutral the second method uh, another that we've noticed really well is, is uh, actually you know helping compensate drivers more and companies more that are executing these deliveries for using an EV. I mean, we, we've noticed money and, and, and cash incentive is a great way to have. Cash is king, man. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know, people want to, you know, leverage, you know, whatever you're, you you want to do, right. You want to change someone's mind. Yeah. You know, having a cash incentive to do it is a great way to do that. And I think that most companies, I think it benefit through some kind of a, a cash incentive and, and like a rewards program. I guess it's, you know, similar methodology there, what retailers use. And then for, for the third step is we offset free of charge as a part of our standard service, every single package that goes to our network that is not able to, or parts of the network, for example, that we don't have being done using uh, you know, an EV kind of delivery or even an alternative fuel vehicle. Do you think that, do you think that Walmart or Amazon or somebody or UPS or FedEx or something like that, somebody of, of that size could go carbon neutral? Well, they, they definitely are trying. I mean, oh, Amazon is leading the way with, with you know, that, that, I don't know if you saw the news. They're trying to, um, you're working with Rivian, right, that partnership and purchasing 100,000 vehicles. So I definitely think it's doable. But for for at that scale, it's just, especially because Amazon wasn't built that way or Walmart especially wasn't built that way, right? So they're now they're, they have to retrofit everything, whereas like we kind of started from the ground up doing it. So it's a lot easier for us than them. Um, it's also just the way our networks are built. We're just so much more lean. Um, sure. We don't necessarily need all that, all that fat that they need, which is like fulfillment centers. We don't need any of that. You know, we can do really lean, smaller circulation facilities, very fully, very automated, you know, and at scale and things like that. So hmm. that's really cool. Like, yeah. I love that you're, you're kind of moving through and you realize that there's, there's, there are different sizes of companies and everything else like that. And all those people are, are, are needing people. Like, because logistics is becoming a huge, just well of uh, of talent. And yeah, yeah, the market is really adapting. You know, the market is really changing to bring in some really cool companies doing some really cool things. And it's an, ex- it's an exciting time in the space because really up until five years ago, the idea of logistics, like, am I, from, you know, from what I know, didn't exist. Yeah. So it's really kind of, you know, five to seven yeah. years. Yeah. Where, and especially in the last three years with the pandemic, you see all these new startups coming in. And it's exciting. It's cool to see. So if somebody's wanting to like start their career in logistics or, or if they're eyeing a career in, in that supply chain piece, like what do you think they need to do? Is there a certification they need to get? Is there a, you know, training or what, what's, yeah. what's the world looking for right now? Yeah. You know, I, I've noticed it kind of, it really just depends on where they want to work. So, I mean, if you want to get a job working at like a bigger retailer, they, they really look at big, they look at like, they like to look at operational certifications and stuff like that, like Six Sigma. Like um uh, and and uh, you know the green belt black belt program which is a certification they like to look at that kind of stuff as as a um as a kind of a precursor to to you know a, a good candidate for them right of course the, the supply the supply chain you know these days they have a lot of good supply chain schools that route and that's more for the bigger companies but I think people could even get a start one of the things that I've, I've noticed is. You know, a great way to start is just is just seeing what a warehouse even is. I think going into a warehouse or a truck, seeing what that even is, you could start really low level because you might not like it too. It is at the end of the day, it's a services based business. It's very time sensitive stuff a lot of the time. So you got to really love to move. You got to really love the idea of like it gets gritty. You know what I mean? And it's it's a warehouse and it's and it's a truck and that's okay. <laughs> yeah, right. So 
I feel like even just to get get in get get your hands in it, just roll up your sleeves in it. I think it's a great way to see if it's a career career path for somebody. I mean, that's where I started. I started packing boxes in the warehouse. So. Yeah. So you you started there putting boxes on, on truck and everything else like that. Did you have a mentor? Did you have somebody that pulled you and said, "Listen, there's there's more to the puzzle." Yeah, I've been I've been lucky. I mean, you know, my, my uh, um, you know, both of my both of my brothers had something to do with something to do with e-commerce. One of my brothers was more in logistics, specifically kind of on the on the warehousing side, which is which is kind of what was my segue into warehousing, where we we worked together for many years um, at a company he founded, where I where where I where I kind of led sales. So that was kind of more on the BD side and getting to work with all these different companies. So he really mentored me a lot, and then I've, I've had really the privilege of working under a lot of fantastic experts in the space. So I, I, I've, I've been very lucky with someone with with a non formal logistics background, right? Not with that you know, through the educational side of uh, being able to, you know, although ground up, right, packing boxes and starting from scratch, still having you know the ability now to kind of you know have those mentors that are maybe running you know even way larger logistics companies or have those VP level roles at the Walmarts of the world that were able to kind of guide me through it. Cause there is a lot of red tape, especially at those high levels. And it's yeah. not, actually something that even interests me as much like to work at, a, you know, maybe a VP at a Walmart. I don't know if I'd want to be a VP. So for some people that is great, I guess that's where they want to end up. But you know, uh, kind of I'm, sure, I'm pretty sure you would want to be a VP at Walmart. Just put it out there. Just, you know, um, you know. <laughs> but you know, the, it's just the kind of the idea of like, do you want to work at, at, at you know, at that level is very different than yeah. you know, where, I, where I've been, where I've kind of been used to. And it's just a different space. It's like, do you, you know, the big box is its own kind of animal. And then there's so many like startups in the space, you know, and, and that's the startup culture, right. Which is super fun. Yeah. And the, and kind of the idea that I'm trying to get across is no matter where you want to work, in logistics, I think there's a lot of opportunity today to, you know, if you want to make it a, make a career out of it, to make a career out of it for sure. And everybody that I've talked to in logistics that that is is part of the gritty, is part of the 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 movement of it all, they're really open to that mentorship. They're really open to saying, you know what, I'll help you out. I'll 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 see what's a I'll have those conversations kind of thing. And so it's it's kind of cool. Um, so and I think we're running a little bit short on time. I just need one more question from you. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, so if you had to go back in time and give yourself advice, or give yourself, or give somebody that's just starting out advice, what's the one thing that you would make sure that they know? Well, it, it, from getting started in logistics, I think the, the 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 advice of you know going and seeing what it looks like, or trying it out a little bit, or starting with the ground floor is good because there's so many local jobs, especially now seasonality. I would say from a um, uh, from a business's standpoint. Um, Make sure you, from like a, you know, starting a business standpoint, I would say the number one thing is making sure you understand the customer before you go and, you know, uh, you know, you really start spending a lot of money right. and you kind of really start investing more and more into a product that might not have a, a, a market fit. Because even for us, it took us a while to understand like who the customer really is and who's the ideal customer. And I think that that's very, very important to know like who your customer is. Because the marketing, the branding, the 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 product, more most important than the product, the way you service that account, right? Dependent on who you're who you're who you're working with, right? What what is the size of the company? Who are the stakeholders at that company? Are you working with a CEO or you're working with with a founder owner? Or are you working with a director of logistics? You know uh, that has to report to ten other people. So I think that's like the number. That's like a good piece of advice because uh, ultimately you can kind of get lost in that whole you know, trying to sell something that might not 
be ready to still be sold yet. I think that's important. That makes sense. Okay, that wraps it up, wraps us up. And uh, Solomon, thanks for t- speaking with us. I'm sure that everybody will uh, reach out to have a, uh, you as a mentor, and we'll have all your information below. Excited, excited, excited for it. Thank you so much for having me on the show. Appreciate it. Perfect. Thanks again, sir. If you would like to be featured on our podcast, please email us at podcast at retailcorner.live or visit our website, retailcorner.live. Looking forward to having you as our guest on our podcast. And thank you so much for listening.